Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. It is so nice to be back behind the microphone after a couple of weeks off. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield ISD crippled by cyber attack. I'm science reporter Dennis Webb. COVID-19 is on the decline in Mansfield. Founders Day returns to Mansfield, and we have the details. Coming up in the features section. I'm science reporter Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, we'll talk about NASA's giant new rocket. I'm Angel Biasati, and today we're talking about easing anxiety and stress as school begins in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. The kids are back in school, the air is cooling down, and life is returning to a more normal pace. Many people are turning their attention back to home buying. I'm Beth Steinke, and today we're talking about the steps to take when you think you're ready to make the leap into homeownership on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll have you thinking that it might be the 4th of July all over again. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with the city's cultural arts supervisor, Rosalie Gilbert. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. What do you see when you look at your trees? Beauty, shade, strength, long life? Trees can be destroyed instantly by great storms and over time by microscopic organisms and not to mention causes between those extremes. Trees can't complain or even move out of harm's way. They depend on human care. Nobody is more qualified to provide that care than the experts at Bartlett Tree Experts. Their specialty is preventive care, the kind that's the most cost-effective, the kind that is the best value in arboriculture. Bartlett representatives and technologists Technicians are trained and backed by the scientists of the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratories. They are your neighbors, completely knowledgeable about local trees and shrubs. For a free inspection from your local Bartlett Arborist, call 1-877-BARTLETT. Their advice is free and you're under no obligation. Your trees and shrubs are a large part of your property investment and deserve the best care. Bartlett Care. Call a Bartlett Certified Arborist today. 1-877-BARTLETT. Or visit online at Bartlett. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. 
Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hello, this is Mayor Michael Evans, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Undoubtedly, the big story that happened while we were on hiatus was the cyber ransomware attack on the Mansfield Independent School District. The story continues to unfold as the district is slowly returning back to normal. Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu addressed the district on Thursday by way of a YouTube video stating that guests cannot visit campuses until the problem is resolved, and that's going to take some time. Campuses will continue to be closed to visitors until our visitor and volunteer management system is back online. But I want you to know we have worked with a third-party vendor, and now our campus principals have the ability to communicate with parents via text and email. Our technology team is continuing to work overtime to resolve the situation, but it is a process and it will take a little more time. Mansfield ISD phones went back online Friday at district campuses and facilities, but the district continued to experience disruptions to internet and web-based systems. By Monday morning, the student nutrition system was back online and student and staff internet access had been restored, meaning both now have access to Microsoft 365 and Google Suites. No date has been provided as to when MISD expects to be fully up and running. Dr. Cantu was not available to talk publicly about the cyber attack, as both the district and law enforcement are actively investigating the event. COVID-19 is on the downslope here in Mansfield. With the details, here's roving science reporter Dennis Webb. COVID-19 is still in Mansfield. The number of new cases last week was 112, down from previous weeks, but still well above the numbers we saw in the spring. Everything points to an expected late summer epidemic spike that's going to be milder than the two previous years. Tarrant County still judges the local spread to be high, owing to the fact that 5% of the occupied hospital beds in the county still serve COVID patients. Countywide trends are similar, though 10 to 12 fellow citizens still lose their lives to the virus across the county each week. Tarrant County Public Health recommends all eligible citizens get vaccinated. I've gone back to wearing masks when I go out. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. We always love telling you about fun events that are coming up here in Mansfield, and this is one of those segments right now. We have Jessica Baber on the telephone with us. She's the museum manager for the Mansfield Heritage Museum at the corner of Broad and Main. She's also the museum manager of the Man House out on West Broad Street. Jessica, first of all, welcome back to About Mansfield. Thank you very much. And today we're talking about Founders Day. This is the annual event that takes place at the Man House. And Jessica, why don't you uh, fill our listeners in about what Founders Day is all about? Absolutely. So Saturday, October 1st is going to be our second annual Founders Day Festival. Um, and it's just a really fun event where um, visitors to the museum get a chance to kind of see what life was like in the 1800s. We're going to have all kinds of artisans and historical demonstrators out there doing, you know, old time activities. Um, we're going to have bands playing. We're going to have um, hands-on activities. We're going to have um, food trucks. It's going to be a really awesome day. You know, I went out there last year for the the first, the inaugural uh, Founders Day event, and I loved the live music. Now, I, I, obviously, many of my listeners know that I'm a musician, and it's the first time I'd ever seen a hurdy-gurdy. Do you know what a hurdy-gurdy is? 
I don't remember what a hurdy gurdy is. No, well, it is a musical instrument, and it, but it's very rare. And yes, it's 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 an old time it's an old time instrument, and and uh, I sat there in amazement of how it's played. And so I don't know if you're having the same musicians back this year, but uh, that would be something I would definitely look forward to. I think the band that had the hurdy gurdy is coming back. They're called Buttermilk Junction, and they're kind of a an old timey string band that plays music from the 1800s, and they have all kinds of crazy instruments uh, that were used back then, some of which have gone out of fashion today. Let's talk about then you on a personal level. What's the one thing about Founders Day that you enjoy? Um, I really think the thing that I enjoy the most is just getting to see people experiencing new things, you know, getting to see history in a different way, um, and part of the reason that I work in a museum as well, you know, a lot of times we just see pictures in books, um, or read about things, but being able to see people, you know, actually doing the activities or even participating in some of those activities themselves gives them a whole, a whole different perspective on history. And I just think that's really cool. Knowing that the man house shares a parking lot with the dog park out there, what do you recommend for people to, to help navigate the parking situation? That is a great question. Um, there is some parking on site at the man house, but there are also um, public parking lots downtown, and there will be a shuttle running um, between those parking lots downtown and the man house all day long, um, taking people back and forth. And so if you need more information on specifically um, which lots, um, there should be signs there the day of. But if you're somebody who likes to plan in advance, there'll be information with a map on our website, which is mansfieldhistory.org. Founders Day Festival. It's the second annual. It's October 1st. It's 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Mound House out there on West Broad Street. Uh, Jessica Baber, is anything else you would like to add? Yes. I don't think I mentioned before, this is a completely free event. So uh, it doesn't cost anything to get in. Um, we, there will be things for sale, of course. Um, some of the, the artisans will be selling the things that they're making on site. Um, and, of course, the food trucks. Um, but it does not cost anything to come and participate. So um, we hope that as many people um, as want to come will be able to um, and enjoy this really fun day. We'll see you on Saturday, October 1st. Sounds great. Jessica Baber, thanks for being on About Mansfield. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We have a new voice here on the podcast, and we welcome to About Mansfield at the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. Friday nights in Texas are for high school football, and action returned to the field this past weekend, starting with the Mansfield Tigers taking down the Midway Panthers on the road 31-14. Junior Tiger James Johnson has 19 carries, good for 158 yards and a touchdown, including a 51-yard scamper. They will next take on Summit this Friday. Speaking of Summit, the Jaguars took on crosstown rival the Lake Ridge Eagles, and the Eagles come out on top 50-27. Lake Ridge quarterback Kenan Miller throws three touchdowns in the win. Next, the Eagles will play a non-conference game versus Boswell. The Legacy Broncos drop their first game to the Richland Royals 49-31. Quarterback Reggie Moody Jr. racks up both a passing and rushing touchdown in the loss. And the Timberview Wolves trailed the South Grand Prairie Warriors 30-20 in the third quarter, but score 14 unanswered points to get their first win of the season 34-30. 
They play Thursday night versus the Sam Houston Texans, looking to move to 2-0. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Just a quick reminder that if you have any news that's happening here in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and phone number in case we need more information. This Thursday, September 1st, is National Burnt Ends Day. Once considered trimmings or leftovers, burnt ends comes from the point of the brisket. However, these days, burnt ends takes center stage in a barbecue basket of smoky-flavored goodness. National Burnt Ends Day was founded in 2021 to promote, well, Kansas City barbecue and their mouth-watering brisket burnt ends, but Texas has undoubtedly become the place to go for the delicious delicacy. Mansfield has a couple of restaurants that offer burnt ends while supplies last, so this Thursday, during National Burnt Ends Day, make your way on out to Big D Barbecue on Walnut Creek Drive or perhaps Del Toro barbecue on south main street and tell them it's national burnt ends day enjoy let's see if we're going to enjoy the weather forecast for the upcoming week colleen i don't know if this week's weather forecast is going to make anyone happy or not but certainly it is way better than what we were looking at before the break steve let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in mansfield texas we started off the week with a little bit of rain and that's going to continue to decrease as we go through the next several days with about a 20 percent chance of rain wednesday through next monday we're looking at a high wednesday of 93 degrees degrees, 91 degrees on Thursday, 92 degrees Friday, 93 degrees Saturday, 92 degrees Sunday, 90 degrees on Monday, and 91 degrees on Tuesday. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers remain off this week. If you water the lawn, do so toward the end of the week and only if your soil is dry four inches below the surface. Do you have areas of lawn that are now dead from the drought? Let the grass go and start planting new native plant landscape beds. Fall is right around the corner and is a perfect time for planting. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, 
That's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to Jeannie Herman, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What two businesses currently occupy the C.A. Smith Building in historic downtown Mansfield? Jeannie knew that the two businesses are optometrist Dr. Robert A. Smith and Lil Blue Goat. When we come back, this week's trivia question. This is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the subject of today's question grew up in Mansfield and began her education in Mansfield Elementary School. Upon completing high school in Fort Worth in 1921, she studied at Bishop College in Marshall, Texas, and earned her master's degree in education from the University of Colorado at Boulder. For 49 years, she served as an MISD teacher and principal for three generations of students, and a school is named in her honor. This week's question is, who is the person I just described? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, name the person I just described. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, this is John Teixeira with Teixeira Property Management, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb is taking us to the moon and back. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. 
A very cool thing is about to happen. A new, very big rocket will soon be launched to the moon on a test flight. The Artemis One unmanned mission to the moon is demonstrating the capabilities of the new Orion space capsule and its new big honking rocket. The rocket is not the most powerful rocket ever launched, but it is near the top, and there are efforts to make it more powerful for future missions. Engineers do stuff like that. It uses four liquid-fueled rocket engines that, in the past, launched space shuttles. And it also uses metal segments of shuttle-solid rocket boosters that were recovered after the launch when they fell into the ocean. The Orion space capsule has flown to space in very preliminary forms on past test flights, but this version has the capability to support human beings for weeks. This flight has dummies in spacesuit on board to measure the environment on future human passengers. As in prior NASA space programs, a rocket capsule are built by America's giant aerospace companies. Lockheed Martin built the capsule, and a team led by Boeing and Grumman built a big honking rocket. The European Space Agency built a service module to the capsule that provides power and some other services. In this upcoming test flight, the Orion capsule and its service module will orbit the moon for a few weeks, there will be pictures, and eventually be commanded back to the Earth to splash down in the Pacific Ocean to be picked up by a ship. If the mission is a success, it means the next mission will involve human voyagers to lunar orbit. Eventually, the infrastructure that gets humans to and from the surface of the moon will be in place, hopefully supporting a durable lunar outpost on the moon. As this is the USA, there have been and still are lots of other ideas about what we should be doing, including using these systems to go to Mars first or just let Elon Musk's Starship do this mission. Today, this giant rocket is on a launch pad, and I hope it works. That is a rocket made in the USA, and will launch a space capsule made in the USA into lunar orbit. If this mission works, humans will eventually orbit the moon and hopefully land on, live on, and explore the surface of the moon. If other rockets and other spaceships join the mission, so much the better. I worked in the early phases of the program that produced this rocket and this space capsule, and I'm delighted to see my part of the project, which was the control center and training facilities. I'm delighted to see that it's ready to operate this mission. Stay tuned. If you have questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here to help ease anxiety and stress during the school year in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Keeping school and extracurricular activities in a healthy balance. Heading back to school can be an exciting time for many students as they catch up with friends and begin activities. However, Readjusting to a busy schedule and poor sleep habits can cause some children to have physical and emotional issues like stress, depression, and sleeplessness. Start talking about school before it begins with your children. Mention new teachers, new schedules, and classmates. Making school part of your conversation can make them feel comfortable. Start working on bedtime routines now that supports your school hours by going to bed early. Fewer hours of sleep can affect a child's ability to concentrate or perform daily activities and may lead teens to grab sugary snacks and caffeine-laden beverages for extra energy just to get through the day. Here are some tips for a busy family to help your child be successful at school. 
Limit electronic screen time one hour before bedtime. While it may seem harmless to let your children play a quick video game or interact with an app before going to bed, electronics emit light that interferes with the body's waking and sleeping processes. Be supportive. Ask your child how their day went at school. When you get home, talk to them about their day and ask about current challenges or fears. Set out and organize your back-to-school clothes the day before school. Avoid missing socks, mismatched clothes, and getting things out of the dryer. By laying everything out the night before, you won't be frantically looking for items, and the morning will run more smoothly. Reiterate good study habits. A great deal of school stress and lack of sleep may be related to starting homework or projects at the last minute. Create an area in your home for your child to do their homework each day. Ask about big assignments or projects at school and map out a timeline to help your child work on them at least 30 minutes a week. This way, your child isn't frantic and scrambling to put everything together at the last minute during a late night study session. Set the schedule early. If your child has been sleeping in late or spending lots of time with friends after school, help them get back on track by setting curfew. Get your child involved in making lunch. Packing a lunch each day can be so much fun, and your child can help and select items they like within reason. You can also go online and check out the lunch offerings at your school and perhaps eat a meal or two at the school instead of packing lunch. Be careful not to overschedule. While extracurricular activities can provide a creative outlet for your children and promote teamwork, combined with schoolwork and other chores and responsibilities, your child could be missing out on the here and now. Choose one activity. Your teen or child may want to play basketball or baseball, sing in a choir, dance. However, have them pick the activity that matters most and one in which they excel to prevent them from feeling pulled in too many directions. Some activities can wait until the next semester. Put it in writing. Once you've discussed the schedule, help your child stay organized by keeping a calendar and goals for each month. For each goal met, good grades, or a new skill learned, provide positive feedback. Create a chill-out zone in your home. Children are constantly connected to the Internet through their cell phones and social media. Have your child take a time out when they get home. It can be as simple as sitting outside in the backyard, taking the dog for a walk, shooting some hoops, or having a quiet place for them to listen to music or meditate. Have your children leave their phones at the front door and limit internet and television screen time. Make your children's bedroom a digital free zone at nighttime. Texting, making phone calls, watching television, and playing on the computer should be off limits before bedtime. Keep distractions like game systems and cell phones in common areas so you can monitor the hours they're in use. If your child is still having difficulty getting to sleep or doesn't feel refreshed when waking up despite efforts to get a good night's rest, they could have a sleep disorder. Speak with your child's physician about potential problems or any troublesome symptoms. To find a physician 
call 214-947-6296. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati, reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Realtor Beth Steinke is here with this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. Beth? It has been said that buying a home is the American dream. And I believe that is still true, even in the face of so much economic, governmental, and international uncertainty. Having the stability of a roof over your head truly does allow the soul to rest a little easier at night. It has also been said that one of the fundamentals of wealth building is homeownership. I know this is true, and I think most people trying to rent on today's economy would agree that it is nerve-wracking to not know where you're going to live year after year, and moving is very expensive. I say all of this to encourage you that there is no better time to start the home buying process than today. Well, maybe yesterday would have been a bit better, but all we have is today, so let's get a move on. If not knowing where to start is holding you back, worry no further, because today I'm going to walk you through the process of buying a home in today's market. If you were going to climb Mount Everest, the first thing you would likely need is a guide, a Sherpa, if you will, someone whose sole purpose in life is to get you safely up and back down that mountain. Your realtor is your Sherpa for home buying. We're going to guide you through the entire process, every step of the way. And in fact, even after you move into your new home, we're going to be standing by to provide support and information. So first things first, call your realtor. Once you make the call, the realtor springs into action, putting together your home buying team. That home buying team consists of your lender, home inspector, title company, appraiser, surveyor, and more. The next most important person on your team is that lender. Your realtor has lender relationships, and these are people that they trust to get you back down to base camp safely. Sure, there are many lenders to choose from, but using one that your realtor trusts really is the best choice. Unfortunately, not all lending companies are equally caring and capable. We don't want you to die on that mountain just because you found someone on the internet that promised more than they ever intended to deliver. Those realtor-lender relationships matter, so lean into them to make sure you get to closing. While you're working with a lender to get pre-approved, it'll be important to carefully review the loan estimate. This document will give you a few pieces of critical information. The cash you'll need to bring to closing, the interest rate for the loan, the lending and other fees, and probably the most important, the payment. We have a saying, you don't live in the price, you live in the payment. Month after month, that payment is going to come due and it is critically important to keep it in a range that is at least reasonable, preferably comfortable. A few things you can do to bring down that payment, you can put more cash down, you can buy down the interest rate, or you can start with a less expensive home. And there is nothing wrong with a less expensive home. I think that if I had to do it all over again, I would buy a house below my means, fix it up, keep it for two years, and then turn it into a rental, and buy my next house, and then do it all over again. I pretty much regret selling every house I've ever owned, but that's a story for another day. The next step after determining your price point is we get to go shopping. Your first home viewing opportunity is on the internet where there are full color photos and sometimes 360 degree walkthrough tours that will have you drooling over all the possibilities. I highly recommend if at all possible to drive by the homes you're interested in to make sure the neighborhood feels like home before you schedule an appointment. If you don't like the neighborhood, there isn't much a house can do to change your mind. And from there, we work together to craft an offer for the home you fall in love with, negotiate expertly, and get your offer accepted. There's a whole lot more between offer acceptance and the closing table that happens, but this is where we'll stop for today. Toast to your success and enjoy the excitement of becoming a homeowner. 
Now let's get into this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. The median home price for July 2022 in Mansfield is $460,000. That's up nearly 20% from this time last year. Approximately 40% of all of the Mansfield homes that were sold in July ranged between Four hundred and five hundred thousand, followed closely by homes between five hundred thousand and seven hundred fifty thousand, which made up thirty-three percent of all homes sold. That represents seventy-three percent of all homes between four hundred and seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Active listings were up a whopping one hundred and forty-one percent compared to July of twenty twenty-one. And we are closing in on nearly three months of inventory available for home buyers. That's the closest thing we've seen to a balanced market in a long time. Sellers are still enjoying an active market as homes sold were up nearly 17% compared to July of last year. Are there topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight Company. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another Cocktail of the Week. In this week's Cocktail of the Week, the cocktail is the Red, White, and Blue Nectar. Last week, I started talking about my son, Cooper, who just turned 22 and has a really finely developed palate for fine cocktails. He turned me on to the 19 Fruity Cocktails um, in Town & Country magazine, and this is another one of those cocktails that I found in that article. But don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions, and as always, posting them on bourbongospel.com. The ingredients, you're going to need an ounce and a half of a blue nectar resposado. What I'm really wanting you to do is really find a good mid-grade, so not silver, not añejo, but the real good resposado uh, tequila. We're also going to get some simple syrup, some cranberry juice, some orange liqueur. That could be triple sec if you want to go less expensive, or certainly you could do something like Cointreau or Grand Manier or one of my newfounds, Napoleon Mandarin. And then you're going to need some lime quarters and a lime wheel for garnish. How do you make the cocktail? You're going to muddle the lime quarters with a simple syrup in a shaking tin. You then add the tequila, the orange liqueur, the cranberry juice, top with ice, Put your topper on. Don't forget that. You don't want to be that guy and shake vigorously. Strain into a chilled cocktail glass and garnish with the lime wheel. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Adam Larson, Operations Manager at the Mansfield Star Center, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for uh, any regularity, you know that I like to bring in from time to time people from the city as we get to know them and their projects. So you can go back and hear the city manager. You Obviously, the mayor is here every couple of weeks, and uh, the chief of police, and the head of the tourism department. I mean, they've, they've all been here, and including now, here in the studio, live, is Rosalie Gilbert. She is the cultural arts supervisor for the city of Mansfield, and we welcome uh, Rosalie to About Mansfield. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. And... Do I call you Rosalie or do I call you Rosie? Either is good. Either uh, is good. Just not Rose. 
Oh, no, no. <laughs> I would never call you Rose. <laughs> uh, Rosalie Gilbert. And um, so with these interviews, as I mentioned to you off the air, I like to get to know the person before we start getting into uh, what you're up to. So um, let's start. Where are you from? Where'd you go? Where, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? I was born in Washington, D.C., uh, lived for 12 years in the city and then moved directly outside of the city into Chevy Chase, Maryland, yeah. um, finished high school there, and then went to college at the Cleveland Institute of Music in Cleveland, Ohio, um, then moved to Colorado, Boulder, where I did a master's um, at the University of Colorado in Boulder, uh, then to central Wisconsin, Stevens Point, which is smack in the middle of the state for five years, and now here I am in Texas. All right. So you you gave us the Reader's Digest version of of where you've lived. Let's go all the way back to Washington D.C. All right. Steeped in history. I mean, how cool is how cool is living in Washington D.C.? Did did you just you know go to the mall every other day or or not quite that frequently? But even growing up as kids, um, I was lucky enough to have a stay at home mom and. Certainly during the summers, once a week, we were at a different museum that was part of the Smithsonian. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. So you've seen uh, Oscar the Grouch's uh, uh, trash can. For and, sure. Seen and, it all. And you've seen, uh, let's see, all in the Archie Bunker's chair. Yep. <laughs> the, and now, I, I think I'm talking about the Museum of TV and Radio. I, um, I there's something in the Smithsonian having to do with TV. Yes. It, um, I don't know if it's there or there's a, a lot of that kind of pop culture is in the American History Museum as ah, well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I feel really lucky and spoiled to have grown up there. And I'm, I'm sure that being in that area and seeing all of the arts and culture that's part of the Smithsonian and in Washington, D.C. is probably part of why I love what I do now. Yeah. Cultural arts. Yeah. And that, uh, at what age did you move out to Chevy Chase? I was 12. And from 12, so about sixth grade to... to Yeah, seventh to twelfth grade. I was just a block outside the city. We still went downtown all the time. And Oh, okay. Um, oh, it was Arlington. Arlington, uh, Virginia. Is, is is that close? Because I know... Other, I, other side of the river. We were in Maryland, but yes, close. Okay. And actually, my... All of the rest of my family is still in Arlington and Falls Church, Virginia, which is that very same area. I had an employer based out of Arlington, Virginia, and I got to spend a week there. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I got to tour the the halls of USA Today when when it was a fairly young newspaper. Uh, the company that owns USA Today also owned the radio station that I worked for, and so the the office where I was officing out of for that week was about three floors below USA Today. And they said, hey, why don't you come on up and we'll show you around. And, and each segment, you've got the front page, the, the A section, the life section, the business section or the money section. Each floor, each section of the newspaper has its own floor. Mm -hmm. And it was the life section that as you walk out the elevator and there's a an enormous photo of Bruce Springsteen and, and, wow. and everything is purple. Like the, like the banner of, of the USA today section. Yeah. That was, that opened my eyes. It's like, wow. Very okay. cool. Yeah. I don't care about the money section. I, I don't care about the a section It's I want to go back to that lifestyle section and, uh -huh. 
in cultural arts. Um, you graduate uh, well, before we graduate from high school. Uh, what were your uh, What were your hobbies in high school, and what were you doing on a Friday night in Chevy Chase, Maryland? <laughs> uh, well, I was a really serious musician. Yeah, I, I play the harp, um, and started playing in third grade. And certainly by high school, I was in youth orchestras and my school orchestras and all county, all state, all of those things, um, gearing up for a career in music. So that was that was the big hobby for sure. Um, but, you know, had had a group of friends that we would hang out. Uh, that area obviously is very urban. So movies out to dinner mm -hmm. downtown to see a show or just hang out. Um yeah, it was a great place to grow up. The harp is a little difficult to play in marching band. So did you yes. play any other instruments? I didn't. I've you... never played another instrument except for, what, two years of piano that you had to take in college as a music major. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you and, are. And I hope I never have to play piano again. <laughs> so you are piano proficient. <laughs> I was at one point, probably not anymore. I think that's one of, uh, my son attended UNT School of Music and had to take a piano course and literally, and that's what it's called, piano proficient, that you can sit down and see a, uh, the, see the, read the sheet of music and play. You don't have to be a concert pianist, but you can at least translate from page to music uh, coming out of the piano. And, and so yeah. he, he doesn't want to play the piano ever again <laughs> either. Um, you graduated from uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland. What high school did you go to? Bethesda Chevy Chase High School. Yeah, okay, of course. And all right, you went to college where? I went to the Cleveland Institute of Music. All right. It's a, to study more harp. Yep. I majored. I have a Bachelor of Arts, a Bachelor of Music in harp performance. Um, and it's a small music conservatory. Whole conservatory, at least when I was there, was 400 to 450 students. That was undergraduate and graduate students. I think my freshman class was 30-something students wow. coming from, you know, a high school that had a graduating class of, I don't know, four or 500. Mm. Uh, it was interesting. Big change. So a small school. Very and small. what does one learn? I would assume you, you learn the basics of the harp. I think you said when you started in the third grade, what are you learning in the school of music that's different from, from the basics? So you're certainly taking a broader range of classes. So when I was growing up, you know, in third grade through high school, I had harp lessons, I took orchestra. Um, I didn't ever have any formal music theory mm. classes or lessons. And that's a big piece of, of a music major and music curriculum. Um, so that's ear training, uh, sight singing, as well as kind of written harmony and things like that. Um, music history yes. is an important component of that as well. Um, we also did something called Eurythmics, which hmm. is a rhythm class, but that involves the whole body and physical movement. So actually, we we were partners. The, the Cleveland Institute of Music was a partner with Case Western Reserve University, and we took um, the non-music courses that you have to take, you know, 
to get a bachelor's degree at Case Western. Uh, however, they let Eurythmics be our PE credits. Nice. Uh, so, nice. so that was kind of fun. Um, and then you get to explore things in more depth. Obviously, you're taking chamber music classes and, and orchestra classes and private lessons on your instrument um, and technique classes. But then you can you have some of those uh, credits where you can take jazz history or an improvisation class or mm -hmm. just something that's a little bit different. I did electronic music one semester, for example. All right. Learned about the synthesizer. Yep. And how to make music fully on a computer and electronic equipment as opposed to Isn't playing it on an instrument. It was a lot of fun, actually. That's, I would assume MIDI was was a part of that. Uh -huh. and, yeah. Oh, that's cool. The Did you have visions at that time of performing full-time in a symphony orchestra? When I started college, I definitely did. Mm -hmm. I had had a fantastic youth orchestra and youth or orchestra conductor and loved it. Um, I got to college and didn't love the orchestra director so much. Um, and Isn't kind that of amazing how one person yeah. can put the, the, can put the bar in the spokes and, and just derail your, okay, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted, no. but yes, I, I, and I've got stories off the air about that. Go ahead. Yes. Um, so that kind of made me realize, well, maybe it's not orchestra, itself so much that I loved as just that youth or orchestra experience with a great group and a great leader. Um, and so while I still did take some orchestra auditions during college and after college, I kind of realized eh, I might only really love that as a career if I get to have a really fantastic orchestra director. Um, I discovered chamber music in college. Yeah. Wow. I really loved that. Um, and that's something that I still do. Is there a lot of harp in chamber music? It just depends. Um, viola, flute, and harp is a very typical ensemble with a harp. Okay. Um, my husband is a violinist, so we do a lot of violin and harp things. And, and I'm a flautist, so... There you go. Yeah, we've taken it's... a lot of flute and harp stuff <laughs> and decided to do it for violin and my, harp. My only problem is I don't read music. <laughs> They're just black dots on a on, on five on five lines. So I, uh, uh, yeah, so. there's definitely a lot of flute and harp stuff. <laughs> Uh, what prompted you to choose University of Colorado at Boulder? Uh, full scholarship. Oh, that helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my parents were, um, I, I know they had arguments about it, but were very kind and said, we're, we'll pay for undergrad wherever you want to go. Mm -hmm. After that, it's on you. So certainly a full scholarship was very appealing. Uh, and that, uh, that was for your master's mm -hmm. and one if there is a takeaway, one takeaway from the University of Colorado at Boulder, what was, um, and I'll, after you tell me your answer, I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. My takeaway was really that I didn't want to live in Colorado. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, today's interview is being recorded on, on Wednesday, August 3rd. And today, Wednesday, August 3rd, my son just pulled up to Boulder, Colorado in a big Penske box truck where he is about to start on his doctorate in music performance okay. at the University of Colorado at Boulder. And what does he play? He plays trombone. Okay. And even though he wants to be known or labeled as a classical musician, he can play 
jazz and rock and blues yeah. and, and uh, can improvise like like it's yeah yeah uh, but that so I wanted to know your takeaway from Boulder that that you didn't want to live in Colorado <laughs> <laughs> that's right Colorado is a beautiful place I would go back and visit yeah. any day um, and I can see why I think a lot of people go there and never come back uh, but for a classical musician that was looking to have a career in classical music. Um, you know, the culture over there is very, very outdoorsy and athletic. Um, and they just didn't have the same sort of classical music scene and culture that Cleveland had or that the Washington DC area had. Um, and so it was a really, there weren't the same number of professional opportunities and to make money as a freelance musician, um, there just wasn't kind of an understanding of what that price point should be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Was there ever an interest in, in pursuing a doctorate in music? No. So you, you <laughs> by the time I finished my master's, I was ready to be done with school and done. Well, I, okay. You, I, and I almost said done with the heart, but you're not done with the heart. No, I've, it has kind of been put on pause. I have a two year old son, um, and then obviously my job with the city. Right. So, uh, between those two things, there's not a whole lot of playing going on at this point, but I hope to get back to that more. And, and prior to my son, I was still playing very regularly and doing some concerts. Right. Because you did some concerts at the far best theater, yeah. which you now manage. I do. Yes. After you left Boulder, you mentioned one Wisconsin, central Wisconsin. Yeah. Before coming to Mansfield, what, uh, what brought you to Wisconsin? My husband's job, really. Um, okay, let's go back. Where'd you meet your husband? I met him in Cleveland at All the right. Cleveland Institute. And then he went to Boulder he, with you. Yeah, he followed me out to Boulder. Um, he's a year older. So I he finished and he actually stayed in Cleveland to do a master's. And then I went to Colorado. And then when he finished his master's, he came out to Colorado. Um, but then he got a job in Wisconsin. I had finished my master's a few months before and he got a, a job offer in Wisconsin and neither of us were super happy with the professional prospects in Colorado. So we said, let's go. And then Wisconsin. So your, your husband's job was? He is a violinist. He right. teaches Suzuki violin, um, which is a method of music study that is starts with learning by ear. And the idea is that Anyone can learn to play music in the same way that anyone can learn to speak their native language. Mm -hmm. And so that if we teach music in the way that we teach children how to speak their native language, everyone will have success learning a musical instrument. Um, and Central Wisconsin in Stevens Point has one of the first and still to this day, one of the only... Um, programs in the country at a college level that teaches Suzuki music. And they have a, a division that teaches children in the community like a college prep program would. And they teach kids from literally from birth. They have early childhood Suzuki classes that can start at age zero um, up through college. And they have programs that teach college students and train them to be Suzuki certified teachers. So just like, as you said, learning your own language the in our case english you're learning one word at a time you're learning to say the words pronounce the words correctly that's that's the way this music is taught exactly so obviously with language we first all learn by hearing it 
right? We all speak to our children, um, even when they can't speak back to us. And so first you start by listening and there are CDs with the repertoire for each instrument. And so when a child picks their instrument, then you buy the CDs or or now they have it on iTunes or whatever Mm -hmm. um, and download that music. And you're as the parent because a parent is always involved in the language learning for their child. Sure. Um, you are also involved in that music education. So it's your job to play that music for your child. But so what if the parent doesn't have any musical experience? You don't have to. Um, and there is some parent education that's involved. So it is definitely a time commitment for a parent as well. They're supposed to be in lessons. Um, they might learn the basics of an instrument to help their very young child at home. But a lot of what you're learning as a parent will be taking those notes so that when you have the four-year-old that comes home and they've had their once a week lesson, we all know that four-year-old is not going to remember even that afternoon or the next day, what was that thing I was supposed to practice? And so as the parent, you're helping to direct that practice session at home. Ah, Okay. And then when does... When does the actual reading of music play into? So just like when you learn to speak. So most kids, by the time they're in kindergarten, first grade, they're pretty good speakers. They're pretty proficient speakers. And that's then when they begin to to read the written language. And so similarly, um, once you start that student, whether they're starting at, you know, age three or four on an instrument or older, it's usually several years that they're studying so that they become proficient in the technicality of their instrument before they begin to read music. Wow. Um, now, they might be doing some, some reading activities away from their instrument um, or getting learning about rhythms or pitch so that when they get to seeing music on a printed page and translating it to their instrument, it's not completely foreign, but they're not doing sight reading and taking that written music and playing it on their instrument when they first start. Yeah. Cause that can be really overwhelming. <laughs> I would think, I would think, especially if, a, even from the parent standpoint, uh, again, if they have no musical experience, they have no, uh, they have no rhythm, they have no tempo, they have no pitch uh, that it would be difficult even for them to carry an interest in their child's, musical education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so a lot of that, the the method makes it more approachable for everybody. And it hopefully, generally speaking, is a way that can make it more fun. You get to play a lot quicker because you're not having to work through and slog through how do you read music before you can even begin to play. How long were you in Wisconsin? Five years. And what brought you to Mansfield? Uh, Well, once again, we moved to Texas for my husband's job. Um, and so we actually live in Hearst and he teaches for the Hearst Euless Bedford school district, which has a Suzuki in the schools program. H-E-B. Mm-hmm. When is Mansfield getting an H-E-B? <laughs> <laughs> that is the million dollar question, okay. isn't it? <laughs> let's, sorry, let's not go there. <laughs> so we were here, we were in Hearst, um, and I was thinking, okay, I've done this before. I'm going to start a teaching studio. I'm going to get connected with Harpus in the area, take some auditions to get on substitute lists for the local orchestras, start getting some gigs, um, and look for a part-time job while I build that um, freelance income. 
And the most exciting part-time job was as a school crossing guard, which is a very important job for sure, but not one I was really interested in doing. Yeah. Um, and so I was looking at the Texas Commission on the Arts website and saw a listing for Mansfield and for their cultural arts position. And from Hearst, you probably said, where is Mansfield? I sure did. And Googled and I was like, oh, I can drive there. Yeah. <laughs> I could apply for that. Um, and looked at the position and it was a completely new program prior to, I was hired in December, 2016. Prior to that, there had been no um, cultural arts position or arts programming, unless it was maybe something small that was involved, you know, under the parks and rec department and right. one of the classes at the Mac, um, but no focus on that in the city. And so it was building new programs, which I had done. Uh, while in Wisconsin, I built a heart program at the prep and college level. Um, it was about community outreach and engagement. And I had worked with the local symphony there um, and in Wisconsin and created a community outreach and education program for them um, and was able to get that funded through a big donor. And so uh, we have a, a Mansfield Commission for the Arts, which is a city advisory board and 501c3. So having some of that nonprofit experience and knowledge um, was something that I thought would be helpful. And so you helped put that together. Um, well, it's the board was actually appointed prior to to the position being opened and oh, to okay. me being hired. But then certainly when I came on board, um, yes, that is the advisory board that advises me and that I help to oversee. Um, and so we've We've certainly made a lot of changes in what that board does and how it works and what their purpose is over the last five years. We're talking with Mansfield's cultural arts supervisor, Rosalie Gilbert, and we'll pick up part two next week where we will get into a myriad of topics, including how you can voice your opinion on the arts in Mansfield. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and enter your email address right there on the homepage. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.